Hau, hau, hau. Ubingelela bonke nokama ka Jesu. Where the Zulus. That means I greet you all in the name of Jesus for you poor people who can't speak Zulu. But it's good to be back here. Let me just check if this is pure water. Yes, it is. Good, it's so good to be here and to chat to you. Colin's given away a bit of my, well, most of my sermon because that is my favorite scripture. And he said the life of the generous, it's the same thing. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. But what I've been asked to speak on today is it's called to be a blessing. And my daughter and son-in-law, who some of you might know, they have planted a church in the little village of Amshali where we were born and brought up. And they asked me to speak on this subject a few weeks ago. And I thought, gee, to be a blessing. You know, I'm a bit slow. And I thought, what is that all about? So I can't stand here and say, you know, watch, I've blessed so-and-so and so-and-so. You can't do that. But to be a blessing is, it actually, it comes from, believe it or not, right at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 12, when God said to Abraham, he said, I am going to bless you, Abraham, so that you can be a blessing to others. Isn't that good? And that is why it is so important to be a blessing because if God blesses us, we have to bless others. And I'm not just talking dollars or rands and cents. It's we bless others by being kind, by being encouraging, by being loving, by being giving your time. That is to be a blessing to people. You're happy with that? So the very first scripture is the one Colin quoted, but we're going to do it in the gin and tonic version, GNT, which is actually the Good News translation. It's not gin and tonic, it's GNT. But let's have a look at Proverbs 11.25, you beautiful people at the back. And wasn't the band good, huh? I used to love the Beatles and the Stones, that's my era, but these oaks are nearly as good here, aren't they? Huh? And gee, they can sing, eh? Yo, 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 yo. I'm going to give you a song halfway through my sermon just to show you how good I am at singing. Oh, bluff. Let's have a look at the scripture. Colin, you see, you stole my thing. This is the gin and tonic version. It says, be generous and you will be prosperous. So simple. I'm a, I'm a simple person. I like simple things. And it just says, be generous and you will be prosperous. Help others and you will be helped. Isn't that wonderful? And that is a beautiful scripture. And that's all I've got to say today. Can I, is my time up, Colin? No, no, you know, anyway, I'll, I'll try and talk a bit more. Okay, so I love that. And that is to be a blessing. And remember, God blessed Abraham so that he could be a blessing to others. And I firmly believe that being a blessing to others and to the church, obviously, there are many scriptures about that, to the church where God puts you in, is the key to God's favor. Do you believe me? It is the key to God's favor when we are a blessing to others and a blessing to God's church. Ainjalu. Are there any, any, any Zulus here? Oh, Kolumage, Bangim Sindo, make a noise. All right. I love preaching at Giba because from here every Sunday, Yvonne and I go down to the Giba church. And if I don't see some of you there soon, I'll never speak to you again. Um, it's a much better church than us. 
All bluff. All bluff. They're all great. I love, I love all the Open Skies churches. Peter Marisburg, Giba, and here, and I'm so thankful for what God is doing. And lives are being saved, aren't they? That is wonderful. We'll talk about that a bit a bit further on. But just a little short testimony. There's so many new people in this church, and um, sometimes when I drive in, they're so new, and they tell me, sorry, it's full, there's no more parking, go outside. <laughs> and I take off my mask, and they still say, didn't you hear me, go and park outside, there's no parking inside. So there are a lot of new people, which is fantastic. Actually, I heard a wonderful, where Jerry and Janine? Are you here, Jerry and Janine? Oh, there they are. So I can't misquote you, Jerry. But um, Jerry told me the other day he's a big shot in the whole GLS, Global Leadership Summit, GLN. And he told me the other day that some churches in America, correct me if I'm wrong, Jerry, that only about 20 to 25% of the old people that were in the church, not old in age, but the people that used to be members, are coming back to church. But, God, but the churches are growing. So there's so many new people coming in. Isn't that exciting? I think that's exciting. God is sifting. God is sifting. You know that COVID shook us all, eh? And um, it's so sad to see a lot of the people that used to go to church are no longer coming back. So we'll pray for them anyway. Why did I say that? I haven't a clue. But anyway, just a little bit of a history for the new people that don't know me. Um, We were born, Yvonne and I were born and brought up in on the north coast, a little place called Amsali. Who's been to Amsali? Actually, to be honest, it was Chaka's Crawl, eh? Chaka's Crawl, but Amsali sounds better. I don't know why. We were brought up in a little farming area there, and we went to school there. My father went to school at Amsali School. Yvonne's father went to school at Amsali School. I went there. Yvonne went there, and I used to spy Yvonne when she, when her parents or driver used to take her and I used to look at her and thought she's a pretty little girl and you know the sad thing is she never remembers me <laughs> I boggled and I thought it's not bad eh? and then but you can see she's four years older than me no I'm four years older than her and so that's a big thing when you're at little prep school so she never knew me and I thought and then I didn't although she was a neighbor literally one farm away from us I didn't know until after I left school. And then I thought, I better go and check on that little girl that used to get out the car at Mshali School. Anyway, we're all from Mshali, our whole family. Yvonne and I went to school there. My kids went to school there. And now Tamlin, my daughter's son, he's the fourth generation at Mshali School. So, yeah, that's quite a thing. And um, I, I still love that area. And I'm so excited that my daughter they've planted a church believe it or not the church where they work from is the original old Anglican church that Yvonne's parents were in that Yvonne played the organ there and when she changed to the piano some of the old people my age left because you can't have a piano in church and they my Tamlin and Bevan have started a church called Co-Church in that very building in Amsali so it's quite amazing. And Yvonne's dad did most of the building of that church back in the day. And it was such a privilege to go and speak there a few weeks ago to be a blessing. So we were from that area and then went to boarding school up the road here. And, you know, the boarding schools in my day, I think for the older people, you can fall asleep now because you've heard this before. But 
um, we had to go to church every day at Highbury and every morning chapel and then twice on a Sunday. And the same thing as when I went to high school, went to Hilton and the same thing, church every day and twice on a Sunday. And because I was so holy, I was a good Catholic boy. I went three times. I had to go to mass in the morning first, like Dom and Edgar were brought up. Where Dom and Edgar? Happy birthday, Dom. Happy birthday for, for yesterday or day before. And yes, yeah, so I was sick and tired of church. When I left school, I thought, never again. I'm not going near any church. I'm hundreds. I've been to more church than most people every day, two and three times on a Sunday. So I'm so holy that St. Peter's going to say to me, Roger Beresford, Greg, come in. You're so welcome. I didn't know about the whole thing about having to be born again and saved and all that. We, I wasn't taught all that. I'm waffling a bit now, Vonnie. When Vonnie starts going like this, then you know you must... Um, I'm still scared of her. Anyway. All right. So we met up again after school and after army. I went after Sudara Agricultural College, which I... Excelled it. I did a one-year, I did a two-year course in six months because I thought that was enough. And um, went back, met up with Yvonne again. We got married in 19, well, if I tell you, the, the young people won't believe it, 1976. Can you believe it? Eh? That's a long time ago. Anyway, we got married, and Yvonne and I, even before I was born again, she was the Christian, I wasn't. She was very naughty because the Bible says don't be unequally yoked. So Yvonne, repent in Jesus' name. She married me. I, I was a heathen, and she was a Christian. But thank God she married me. But she prayed so slowly, it took her 20 years before I became a Christian. So don't think she's that clever. Anyway, you see, she's not that clever. Anyway, so, yeah, anyway. Then what happened? Then what happened? She obviously prayed and prayed and prayed. And then we served a lot in Amsali on all the different committees because even then I thought it was a good idea to be a blessing, although I did it a lot to show off, to say I'm chairman of that and I'm chairman of this. But we, we loved serving people. And Yvonne served in committees and I did all sorts of committees, sports committees, political committees, school committees, farming. I was very involved in sugar politics. Anyway... So we were having a wonderful life on the coast there. And then, most of you know this story, my young brother, my younger brother, who, by the way, is an MBA. I'm a BA. I got bugger all. But he, he, he invited me to one of these funny churches like here. Yeah, never put foot in a church like, uh, like that. I went, it was Victory Faith down the road here, which is now called Redemption Point. And the old people, you've heard this, I hope you're asleep now, but I, I, I was used to a church where the priest dressed like mother and we called him father. And there I was in Victory Faith. The oak was dressed, by the way, I was going to wear my skinny jeans today, but I didn't because I knew the girls would scream. But, but he was dressed in jeans, T-shirt. I couldn't believe it. Went to, and the music was like this loud and I was used to, you know, organ playing. Anyway, that day God spoke to me. He spoke to me through this funny preacher called Rob Rufus who led me to the Lord. He preached on the wide and narrow road. And those of you who know your Bible, Matthew 7, 13, it's very clear. It says, most people choose the wide road that leads to hell and few choose the narrow road that leads to eternal life with Jesus. Most of you know that, yeah. Anyway, that day I made my commitment. 
and everything changed. My whole life changed. Yvonne, she was skeptical. She, she didn't believe me straight away. She thought, what is he up to now? What's he doing? But God changed my life. And then I realized that there's no greater blessing. I'm speaking on to be a blessing, remember? So then I realized there's no greater blessing than telling people about Jesus. I was a sugar farmer. We had other businesses. We were loving life. But I realized after I was born again the importance of telling people about Jesus. Because I believe the Bible. I'm simple. I just, if God's word says it, I believe it. John 3, 16, we know, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And that, gee, and then talking about the wide road and narrow road, I thought I have to tell people about this because I had a radical conversion. I won't bore you with all the details. I cried and shook and all sorts of things and fall, fell over. It was a very real, not that you all have to have that experience. Some don't, Yvonne didn't. She's so holy. She just came to the Lord slowly. I had a radical thing. So I realized then I had to tell people about Jesus. But now I'm a farmer. Most of my mates thought I'd gone nuts there. My family, gee, I remember my aunt. Uh, she's not alive, thank the Lord. Otherwise, I'd be in trouble. But she told me, look, the only, uh, don't go overboard, you know. The only three churches, the Catholics, the Methodists, Anglicans, no other churches. And she'd heard that we were, we'd left the Anglican church then and going to a charismatic church. And she told me I was in big trouble and told me, very lucky your father's not alive. Otherwise, <laughs> you'd be in the poo. Anyway, but from then on, I realized I had to tell people about Jesus and I believe God's word. And from the day I was born again, I knew it was important to be a blessing to other people and to be a blessing to the church. And I started tithing from day one. I just because I believed it. Well, I'm not even going to put the scripture up. You all know it. You know, God says, test me in this, and I'll open the floodgates and pour out so much that you won't be able to contain it. And I believe that. I believe that. I thought, well, Lord, if your word says it, I'm doing it. So I started tithing from day one. Yvonne had been tithing all the time. By the way, I got very cross with her because she inherited quite a lot of money when her dad died long before I was born again. Her dad died very young um, in 1980. And Yvonne tithed on her inheritance. I was mull. I was mad. I could have bought a beautiful car with that. And, I, you know, I said, Vonnie, I don't understand it. Anyway, she tithed on that. And um, I'd never thought of tithing or giving to God's work, you know, before I was born again. But I started because I believed God's word. And it's so foolish, you know, you can't talk about that to your unsaved mates. They thought I'd gone mad. Anyway, what else can I tell you? And, but I, God was talking to me about telling people about Jesus, even then. But I was farming and had other businesses. And I thought, how am I going to do that? Anyway, but 1991, I was saved. 1991. What's that? 31 years ago, is it? Yeah, 31 years. And that year, we had a bumper year. We had so much rain on the farm. And it's such a bumper year, and I thought I was Superman. I thought, now that I'm a Christian, and I'm tithing, and I'm born again, I am just going to be so rich, it's not true. But God had other plans. God has to teach us a lesson. That was 1991. 1992, 
the greatest drought in the sugar industry started and it lasted for years, 92. The taps just switched off. I don't know if any of you can remember that far back. 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97. We hardly had any rain, and our crops started doing that, and my overdraft started doing this, and I thought, Lord, what's happening now? I've given my life to you. Now I'm in trouble financially. The bank manager was phoning me, uh, and we had all sorts of things uh, go wrong, all sorts of things. Anyway, just to show you that we have to hang in there, let's have the next scripture. We've got to have James 1 verse 12, please. What does it say there? Blessed is the one. Which one should I read? It's at the back there too. Uh, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now the crown of life, eh, that is the reward for a life well lived, basically. That's what it means. I hope you agree, Fiona. Um, But so... I had to believe it, and things were really tough. After living this lavish, good life, these droughts were really starting to bite, and I saw farmers all around me just losing everything. Um, I just, just remember, by the way, we, our river had dried up, and we had a borehole on the farm, and Yvonne and I went and prayed over the borehole, and it's quite an incredible story. God's, God was so good, that borehole never ever dried up during those years and years of droughts. But all our neighbors, and I'm not exaggerating, all the neighbors that I knew, everything, their boreholes had dried up, their rivers had dried up. But the Lord had his hand. We trusted God. Anyway, while we were going through this tough time, God needs to put us through tough times so we can hear him at times. Is that right? I don't know about you. If you're going through a tough time, God, God will speak to you. But he will turn it all to good. God's word says it. He'll turn, turn it to good for those who love him and called according to his purpose. Anyway, in 1993, now I was getting desperate because, gee, Lord, there's still no rain. And we are praying for rain. And it was very little, just a little bit. Anyway, in December 1993, we were down the coast. And I read the scripture. And for the people that have heard this many times, don't you want? But God gave me the scripture and spoke to me. Can we have Matthew 19, 29, please? This is to encourage you if you're going through a tough time now. But God spoke to me and he said, and now Yvonne and I were thinking, God has told me to be a blessing to people, you have to go and preach the word. So I thought, how can I go and preach the word? And God spoke to me. I was, um, I was 43 years old. And God said, you was talking to me about going to Bible college. Fiona's Bible college. I'd never met Fiona. About going to Bible college. And I thought, gee, Lord, how can I tell my family now that at my age I'm going to go to Bible college? Because you all know that. Don't even laugh, but you all know that my three best years were standard seven. So I wasn't very good at learning. Yvonne was the clever one. Anyway, God spoke to me through what Jesus said here. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sister or father or mothers or wife, I didn't leave Yvonne, or children or fields. Now every sugar farmer has a lot of fields. Or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. 
So God, through that scripture, spoke to me because I had all family living on the farm. Yvonne had her family there. We had everything there. We had brothers, sisters, houses, fields, everything. And I thought if I leave that and go to Bible college, I didn't, I did, the hundred times, didn't really, I never thought of it in Ransom's sense, obviously. I just thought it meant God will bless us, uh, you know, a hundred times. So in 1994, off we go. I said to my farm manager, we're going to Kloof where the people are aloof and the dogs go woof. We're going for a year to go to Bible college. I said, we'll be back in a year's time. Well, for those who know the story, we've never gone back to the farm. And um, a little church started called Kloof Harvest Church in our lounge with about a dozen people. And look what God has done. He's added all you lovely people there. So God speaks to us. But, you know, we went through tough times. And for those of you going through a tough time, God knows about it, and he will turn it to good. I, there are many stories I could tell, but I haven't got time to tell them all. But I remember one of the stories um, I had in those days. I had a BMW car, and I went to, <laughs> we were here at Kloof, and we went down to a church meeting down in Durban. And we came out of the church meeting. No BMW. Hambila, gone, finished. Stolen. And I said, gee, Lord, I don't know what's happening. You're killing me financially. The droughts are getting worse. Now they've stolen my car. What? What is happening here? But you know, I'd been for a trade-in on that BMW back then, and I was offered 50,000 Rand. This is right back in 19, this is about 1994 now, 95. And I won't bore you with the details, but insurance paid me out 95,000 for that car. And I couldn't believe it because that's insurance don't normally do that kind of thing. Sorry, insurance brokers, if you hear. But you don't normally make. But the trade room was 50. They offered me 95. And then, if I don't add it, Yvonne will correct me. And then a few months later, they found the car and they gave me another 5,000 rand for the car. So God turned that story, you know, for good. And especially when now you've got no money and the bank manager's phoning you and I couldn't pay my fertilizer because these droughts, we were in the middle of these horrific droughts. Anyway, then out of the blue, don't ask me how, because at 43 or 44 years old, insurance policies don't mature. And we were so keen to buy the house we were renting in Kloof then um, because now, you know, we saw this little group growing and... Um, you know, we thought you know, maybe we'll start a church, which we did do in 1996. But out of the blue, I just got a check in those days. It wasn't all this. A check. And I'll never forget it. It says, your policy has matured. 90,000 rand. And that was more than enough to put a deposit on our house. Houses were a lot cheaper in those days in this area. And I still to this day don't know where that policy came from. I haven't a clue. Yvonne hasn't either. We just got 90 grand. Out of nowhere. And 100 for the BMW. So God provides in tough times for people, not just financially, but health-wise. I remember we'd canceled our uh, medical aid, hadn't we, Vonnie? Because we had no money, nah? We had no money, these droughts, and people were, the farmers were dropping on. We canceled our uh, medical aid, but God helped us right through that period. Right through that period, we were not... We weren't sick at all. Sorry, Lausanne, we never had to go and see 
Andre Posma, the doctor, or anyone. God helped us. Okay, what am I getting at now? And um, so the debt was really piling up. But I still remembered God's word. You still give to him in tough times. Although we were running at huge losses, whatever it cost us to live on, let's say it was 10,000 rand, we still, we tithed our 10%. We tithed 1,000 rand to the church um, because I knew, I knew God's word. He will open the floodgates, but he doesn't say when, does he? He doesn't say when. Anyway, I love the scripture. Let's have a look at um, Luke 638. I believed God's word. I believed it. But I had to wait a long time. Give and you will receive. Not so. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. You know, and Jesus said that. So, I knew we had to be generous and believe God's word. But at that time, nothing was happening. And Yvonne, I can laugh about it now, but I didn't then. I remember in the good years when we were making big money sugar farming, I bought a, not this watch, I bought a very flash gold watch. And I was in such trouble that day I'd driven up to the land bank to borrow money to keep going. And you know, the land bank looked at my balance sheet I'll never forget the Mr. Meneer van der Mervra, and he looked at it van der Mervra, and he just said, sorry, my friend, I can't help you. Your liabilities are much more than your assets. I can't help you. And I remember driving home, and I thought, gee, do I drive off the bridge here, or what do I do? And I got home, and Yvonne said, how did it go? I said, no, the land bank won't lend me money. I'm, we're in too much debt now. And I remember taking off my gold watch, and I said, no, I'm a good Christian, eh? I said, and Lord, you can have this as well. And I threw, the, I threw my watch down. And Yvonne teased me. It's not funny, huh? Yvonne. Anyway, but God eventually started turning things around. And slowly, we're coming right. But in that whole time, we're going through a tough time, God was teaching me. God was teaching me many, many things. And I've got eight minutes left. Anyway... Um, we then looked at this piece of land. I think you, many of you know the story. For those who don't, this piece of land here where we are right now was owned by the Department of Transport, and it wasn't for sale. Nobody could buy it. My rich friends who tried to buy it here said, Roger, you can't buy it because every time I drove past here to go to my house down at Avery Road, I, I felt this little whisper, nice place for a church, nice place for a church. And when I told my mates that they laughed, they said, listen, you can't buy that. The one chap, millionaire friend of mine, he tried to buy it for a petrol station here, yeah, a filling station. No, somebody else tried to buy it for an office block. No, and this chap who wanted to buy it for a petrol filling station offered 1.1 million. And this was back now in 1998, okay? And the Department of said, not for sale. We're not accepting. God spoke to us about buying this place. He spoke to Yvonne and I. And I went, bore you with all the details, and I drove up to Peter Marisburg. I went to see a lovely African gentleman who was in charge of the Department of Transport. And I went to him after many, many months of trying to negotiate. A friend of mine was um, an accountant friend, was trying to help us secure this piece of land, but there was no chance. I went up, and I remember uh, I said, is there any chance we can buy this piece of land right here where we are? 
And he said, no, the government owns it. It's not for sale. And then he looked at me and said, what do you want it for? And I said, for a church. This man must have been a Christian. And he smiled and he said, um, how much are you prepared to pay for that piece of land? Now imagine what I'm thinking now. I'm thinking, gee, my mate offered 1.1 million. They turned it down. I didn't have much money at that stage. We were just coming out of these horrific droughts. And the church was small. We started the church in 96, and this was 1998. So I don't know how many people we had in the church, 70, 80. And we certainly didn't have much money. And this chap said, how much are you going to offer? And while I was thinking, he said, don't, don't offer very high. He said, you can give a cheap offer. So I thought, gee. So I said, uh, two, 200,000. And he went like this. He said, he said, little bit more. I said, 250. He said, you've got it. Can you believe it? So if God wants you to get something, you're going to get it. All right. Trust God. It took a long time after that agreement for the transfer to come through because we weren't ready as a church. We didn't have the money, even the 250 in those days, yet alone to build. But God provided. If God gives you a vision, he will give you the provision. All right. So if you're trusting for something, don't give up. Don't give up. Are you listening? Anybody snoring around you? Nobody. All right. I could tell lots of other stories, but they get a little bit boring. Colin has been yawning. He's heard all this 34 times. So be kind, be helpful, be a blessing to others. Let's see. Well, I think we're already getting on to um, Colin's favorite scripture. Colin spoke it. Let's see it up there. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. Not just in the GNT. This is the other version. This is the other translation. This is in the message. And what does it say? There it is. This has come up. Colin, did you know I was going to quote these today? You lie. Okay. God works in strange ways. The world of the... Please believe this. Please believe this. I believed it. Even when I was going through those tough times, I believed it. And God turned it around. And I'm going to tell you what he did in a moment. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Now look, I know I'm talking to the converted. This church is so many generous people. We are more than blessed. Really, thank you for you faithful people. We came through COVID. Do you know how many churches closed down during COVID? How many businesses closed down? So thank you, and I thank God for the wonderful people in this church and at Giba and at Open Skies. We came through another tough period because God had his hand on us. So a little story about going through those tough times. In 2008, we fast forward a bit, 2008, um, actually, in 2005, God made, gave me a vision because sugar farming, although we'd come out of the droughts, wasn't too nice. The price of sugar had dropped. We were having labor problems. God gave me a vision to rezone the farms. Everyone laughed at me. They said, Roger, wrong area, stupid. There's so much development on the north coast. And I, I, my farm isn't on the beach. It's a little bit back from the beach. And they all laughed. And I spoke to many developers. But I know God had given me this vision to rezone for commercial, industrial, and medium housing. Not Lani housing. Not the expensive housing that was down at Belito and Salt Rock. Medium. 
and not low housing. I had a lot of friends who were like nurses or policemen or teachers. They couldn't afford it. Anyway, cut a long story short, after huge hassles, that was 2005, I found a developer who liked my idea and Standard Bank, of all people, I shouldn't quote that, but uh, they bought, they bought the, and they're not even develop, developers. They bought the farm from me. And have a guess, I'll never, I'll never talk rands and cents, but I only found out years later, funny enough, Fiona, when you asked me to give my testimony down at his church many years ago, when I was preparing my testimony, I worked out that to the rand, to the rand, I got 100 times more than I paid for the farm. Not 10 times. All right, I bought the farms in 1980, and this was 2008, 28 years. 100 times more. So God's word, and as I told you in that Matthew 19, 29, when God said you'll receive 100 times more, the last thing I ever thought about was in rands and cents. I just thought it would be in health and happiness. And that. So God's word is true. You hang in there. Never give up. And you know, Churches should be a blessing to the community, and that's how I love this church, what True Life are doing, what's happening down at Nganiyami. And if a church closed down, it should affect the area because just to have church for church is a waste of time. We have to impact our area, and that's what I love about what's happening at Open Skies, Kloof and Giba and in Maritzburg. We're impacting our community because to be a blessing is very important. And remember, I'm closing now. I see I've got one minute left. Remember, if you're a blessing to others and to your church, I believe that is the key to God's favor. I believe it. It's the key to God's favor. But God doesn't say when. We have to hang in. We have to wait. I waited many, many years before things turned around. And God is a supernatural God. The sale of that farm was a supernatural event. We never expected it. I never expected it. And I could tell you a whole lot more stories, but I'm not going to stand here and boast. But God has done supernatural things in our lives. Supernatural. I was going to tell one story, but I better not. Um, yeah, supernatural. I bought some properties and there's been supernatural growth. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. So trust God. It's not always easy, but God's word is the truth. And the last scripture that's not going up that I'll just read is Hebrews 13, 16. And the writer of Hebrews, some say it's Paul, some say it's not Fiona. Who is it? Not sure. Is it Paul? You say it's Paul. Not Paul who smokes all at the city hall. No, no, no. Some say Paul, others, you can Google it. Others aren't sure whether Paul wrote it, Hebrews, but it says, Paul says this in 13, 16, he says, and don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. So when we are a blessing to others, we are pleasing God. When we are blessing to others and to his church, we please God and he will bless you. So can I close in prayer? It's exactly time. Father, thank you so much for your word. Your word is so powerful, Father. I pray that every one of us believe it. We go through times when we're having tough times and we doubt, Lord. And I went through those doubts. I went through them. 
But your word is the truth. You turn things to good for those who love you and, according, and, and called according to your purpose. And I thank you for that. Father, I pray for every person here in this auditorium. I don't know what they're going through, but I pray you would give them stature. You would give them favor, Lord. That you would bless them, Father. You'd give them wisdom. And I pray for good health, Lord, for all of us as well. There's so much bad health going around. I pray for good health for us, Father. In Jesus' name. And I pray as Jabez did, Lord, that you'd bless everyone indeed. That you'd enlarge our territory, Father, not just for ourselves, but for you. That your hand would be upon each one of us and our families here. And that you'd protect us. And that you'd keep us from evil, Lord. And that we wouldn't cause harm to anyone. And I ask you for these things, Lord. And I thank you for them in the mighty name of Jesus. And all those agreed said, Amen. Amen.